Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of The Relative Perspective. I'm your host, Kim. Thanks for joining me. So just to set the scene for you this week, I am sat in Inverness Airport waiting to board a flight back to Manchester. I've had, um, yeah, a wonderful weekend with a friend up here walking and catching up and having dinner and just, yeah, it's just been a brilliant end to my annual leave. I originally began this episode on location from Inverness Airport, as you just heard, but when I came home and listened to all the things that I'd recorded, there was an awful lot of background noise from Inverness. So I figured that my editing skills simply weren't good enough to remedy that. And I'm speaking to you today from my desk and yeah, just talking into my laptop microphone. So this is episode two of the Relative Perspective podcast. And I want to begin by saying a huge thank you to everybody who listened to my pilot episode. I've had some fantastic comments and feedback and everyone's just been really lovely and supportive. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoy this episode as much. And without further ado, let's start with feature one. So I'm going to do a summary of my week for you today. And yeah, I've just come, I've just come back from two weeks annual leave. I feel very well rested and relaxed and refreshed and ready to sort of, yeah, get the nose to the grindstone uh, just before Christmas now. So yeah, that was really good and ended my annual leave actually with a little mini break to Scotland. So I spent last weekend in Scotland with a friend who invited me up there. Uh, before I go on to tell you about my weekend, um, I, I did, I wanted to give myself a pass for the week and, you know, I've, I've successfully adulted insofar as I managed to pack and anyone that knows me knows I do not pack light, uh, but I chose to fly from Manchester to Inverness so I needed to be a bit more selective about what I was taking and to any normal person, 15 kilograms of luggage for 36 hours in the Highlands is absolutely fine, but I was trying to pack boots, trainers, woolly jumpers, a wetsuit, toiletries, you know, all the stuff that girls take with them, uh, including sports bras, and they're massive. So I was very quickly running out of space. Anyway, that was my little victory because I managed to sort of do all that and get to the airport and, and everything was absolutely fine. Uh, and I was, yeah, I was, I was doing fine until Saturday when we climbed a Corbett, which is a hill that's, I think they're over 700 meters high and roughly about the size of Ingleborough, I think, um, which is one of the Yorkshire Three Peaks. And yeah, I fell over. I fell up, I fell down, I rolled down quite spectacularly and yeah, landed in a bog a number of times. So whilst we did get really lucky with the weather and it was fairly dry, it was cold and muddy and um, windy. Um, once we eventually got to the top, the views of Loch Ness and the Highlands were just absolutely spectacular. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, it was. <laughs> I struggled getting up. I struggled getting down. Anyway, uh, no bones broken. That was the main thing. Just perhaps a bruised ego. 
Um, that was nothing in comparison to then what happened on Sunday, where we were taking a very leisurely stroll um, along part of Loch Ness and went through a forest up to go and see a castle. And on the way back, I slipped down on one knee. Um, so this, yeah, this was a, a guy friend that I was there with fairly early in our dating. And yeah, I was there down on one knee. So, yeah, I was just kind of praying that he wasn't going to turn around and see uh, because I was, you know, in front of this castle <laughs> surrounded by this forest and all these beautiful autumnal colours. And yeah, there we go, proposing. I think it's really important to clarify that I wasn't actually proposing. It just looked like I was proposing. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just reminded of that episode of Friends where Joey inadvertently proposes to Rachel after she's just had Emma and he's down on one knee. And I think Chandler's response is, as we all are at some point during the day. And of course, of course, this has happened to other people, right? It's not just me. Anyway, so there we go. <laughs> I mean, do what works for you, but um, I would say maybe don't propose to someone that you've only just really started dating. Um, but there we go. I think it's also worth mentioning, and this is quite good news, he's actually been in touch since, albeit it took him three days ugh, to to get in touch. And yeah, I think, yeah, he sent a message. He was like, assume you got back okay. I was like, no, my plane crash landed following some turbulence. And I'm now texting you beyond the grave. But there we go. So, boys will be boys. Um, for any boys that are currently listening, I've probably just lost a lot of listeners. But there we go. So, yeah. I'm saying this to you and giving this information. I'm obviously not going to divulge his name. Uh, but I, I have given a, a lot of information about him. And I do that on the presumption and in fairly safe knowledge that he's never going to find this podcast because I did mention it to him uh, a couple of times and maybe three or four times during during the weekend. Oh, I've got a podcast. It was my birthday and, and my parents and got, my brother got and his girlfriend got me a microphone and... I've got some merchandise and my mum's had a t-shirt printed and I've I've got a logo and I'm out there on on platforms and I've 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 got a podcast and he could not have cared less quite frankly he was just not interested at all he was uh, roasting butternuts butternut butternuts no he wasn't he was roasting butternut squash anyway he was doing something in the oven yeah I, I say this yeah safe in the knowledge that he he probably won't find it but if he does um i think now would be a good time for a disclaimer um i'll keep it nice and simple this is my podcast i can say whatever i want uh no that's that's obviously not the official party line um just to say this is this is my perspective and yeah on our thing to date so we will see for now let's leave that there and instead, let's move on to feature two, or the main part of episode two. Uh, I hope you're sitting comfortably. Thank you for staying with me uh, up to here and enjoy the rest of the episode.
If you haven't already guessed, either from the pilot episode or this week's debacle, I am single. And it's not really hard to understand why when you hear these kind of stories. And equally, you know, when my face hasn't fallen into place yet on a morning, I'll look in the mirror and go, oh, that's why you're single. Um, Anyway, less of the self-hate. This episode is about being single and being 32. And I guess it's also a little bit about the panic that I had starting in my fairly early 20s about being single and yeah when things were going to start happening for me and when I was going to meet somebody and you know move in with them and get married and all of those I guess social milestones uh, that other people seemed to be achieving around me but I wasn't And I just became, you know, after X number of weddings and X number of Hindus and X number of engagements and and so on and so forth, uh, obviously not in that order. Um, Yeah, I just became quite frantic and really worried why wasn't or why, you know, weren't those things happening for me. Uh, So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a, a journey. I guess it's a journey through my dating stories, dating history, not really, just sort of the highlights or lowlights in my case. And yeah, we'll take it from there in terms of my musings of being of being single. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, strap yourselves in, grab yourself a brew or something stronger. And yeah, uh, as ever, I hope that you like what you hear, but also that you feel like we have something in common or, you know, you know, yeah, that you may be going through this now or maybe you've come out the other side of it or maybe you're just about to go into it, in which case, you know, really strap yourselves in. Um, being single, ultimately, being single really isn't that bad. Um, but there might be, you know, one or two really bad experiences along the way. And I, I have my share of war stories, which I'll I'll sort of come on to. But I think I'll start by sort of saying, as, as I just did, you know, I, I started panicking about this, I think, a lot sooner than, than most people do. And whether it's because, you know, watching the wrong movies or reading the wrong books or, or whatever it might have been, I, I think I was at university and I, I remember having this conversation with my best friend and, you know, she still holds me, hold it, holds herself for me to this day. But I very much thought that my life would say take, sorry, the the same trajectory as my parents. That I would meet who I was going to marry by, sort of twenty four, twenty five, be engaged, twenty five, twenty six, um, get uh, get married, twenty seven, twenty eight, and you know have a baby. 2930 and yeah that has not happened that ship has sailed in fact it's sunk as a result i was just absolutely frantic about trying to find a boyfriend and i when i came across people i was just really intense unnecessarily and really forward and really brazen and yeah not attractive qualities at all and I was yeah just I guess desperate is probably the right word actually Uh, then I left university and and played on plenty of fish 
uh, it transpires there are not plenty of fish in the sea. It's more like out-of-date prawns in a very shallow puddle. Nevertheless, um, you know, <laughs> I basically dated anything that moved. And I was, I was on Tinder frantically swiping left and right to the point that I set my search radius to global because I was willing to travel for love. And it's, I swiped left and right so many times that it said there are no more men in your area. And I was like, tell me something I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry for being crass. Anyway, so I, yeah, frantically dating, literally anyone, anything. And people were just wholly unsuitable. People didn't look like their pictures. People were late. Um, people lied about what they did for a living. People were really boring. I ended up speaking entirely in an Irish accent um, on one day because I just wanted something to do. Uh, another time, my mum was circling the loop system in Leeds and I phoned her and I said, make up an emergency and come pick me up. I can't stay on this date. And yeah, just so many dates. Uh, so much time wasted and so so much money wasted as well. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And I remember going on one day and this guy smoked. He was like, oh, are you all right with me smoking? I was like, not really. I don't smoke and I don't particularly like smoking. And anyway, I didn't say that to him. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm just having a drink. And uh, yeah, we shared a taxi back home. <laughs> and he said, so I got out of the car all the best. <laughs> okay then, bye. Um, but yeah, there we go. So that is a very whistle-stop tour of, of my dating life and just, yeah, really just dating for dating's sake, dating stories and they were awful. They were just really bad dates and I just never found the one. But equally, I just never found anyone that was suitable or a bit like what I wanted. And I think I had in my mind this sort of person, this ideal person, um, but yeah, they, they never sort of came along. And then I think out of that, I then realised just how frantic I was being, but also that it just, it just wasn't happening for me. And I would rather be on my own than continue to waste time and money on people that just were not worth it or were not compatible. Um, and as soon as I sort of realised that and took a step back and you know, it was just like, oh, I'll, I'll put my attention in to something else, i.e. training and my LPC and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just calmed down. And, you know, people say this all the time, but I think my last swipe on, on Tinder matched me with this guy who I've actually just spent the weekend with in Scotland. And yeah, we, we met for a first date and it took us a while to sort of get together for a first date, but we had you know, met up for drinks and it was really nice. And then a week or so later, we met up for a second date and I was sort of in the middle of exams, or at least I had an exam that week and I I hadn't showered for like four or five days and I'd, I'd been running. It was disgusting, but I had like a wills exam or um, a piece of work to submit by a certain time. Uh, so I was just sort of, yeah, completely in, in revision mode and, and sat and doing this piece of work. And... Um, 
yeah, I got this message and he was like, um, so I know you finished your exam today. Do you, do you fancy going out for a drink? And I said, no, I've not showered and I've got no intention of showering. I, it's just so much effort. And he said, please, please go and get in the shower. That's really quite gross. And we'll go out uh, for drinks to celebrate. Anyway, I did. I had a great time because my hair was so shiny. It was like luscious and thick and, oh, I, was, I felt very frisky. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was that. Had a great second date uh, and ended up on a park bench in Park Square, um, soaking up uh, my legal surroundings uh, with a McDonald's in my lap at, I think, 2am in the morning. Uh, so I think that's a sign of a good date. But there we go. Um, and then date three came along and we went for a walk um, up near Bolton Abbey. And we had a little picnic. Um, I fell over. So this so this weekend was not actually the first time this guy had seen me fall over and I, I went down quite spectacularly at, uh, at Bolton Abbey. I was wearing, I had all of my gym kit in the car. I had everything I could possibly need to go for an outdoor walk. Uh, and instead I did not get changed and went for this, it must have been four, four miles, something like that, in a pair of brogues, tights, a mini skirt, a jumper, Faux fur and faux pearls, as you do. And a poncho. I think I was wearing a poncho as well, or a tweed jacket. Anyway, I looked like quite the country bumpkin, but absolutely <laughs> not dressed for a walk. Anyway, so yeah, I slipped and fell and ripped my tights and yeah, that was that. Anyway, it was fine. We proceeded with date three and then on to date four. And... I think it was, yeah, it was either date four or date five and we went out for dinner and he said, oh, I'm, I've applied for a, a job. I was like, oh, that's really exciting. Um, where at? He was like, New Zealand. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not where I thought this was going. And <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> wish I was doing something like it um anyway so that was that so he was he was heading off to New Zealand um for work the wheels came off fairly quickly after that I think there were a couple more dates um and then there was just a period of just nothing um he was getting ready uh, to move uh, and obviously a lot to consider and a lot of stress around that and he was still working as well and I was, yeah, doing my exams and, and all that kind of stuff and had plenty of distractions and just thought, right, well, if he gets in touch, he gets in touch. But this this is really long distance. This is not going to work. Um, and he clearly had no intention of that, which, um, yeah, he texted me to tell me um, a few, I think it was a few weeks later. And he just said, you know, I've not been in touch in a few weeks and you should know why. I've got this job in New Zealand and I like you, but I, I realise that it, it can't be anything and I appreciate I've not been particularly forthcoming and I'm I'm sorry. Um I'd like to see you before I go. Uh so I, I messaged back and just said, Thanks for the message, but I figured all this out weeks ago. Um, which is why your radio silence was just rude. I'm really happy for you. It's a really incredible opportunity and I wish you the very best of luck. Uh if you fancy going for a coffee beforehand, um it'd be lovely to see you too. We never did. Uh, he then headed off to New Zealand and I think I texted him 
you know, a few months after just to make sure he'd settled in and there was a couple of messages. And then, yeah, about 10 months later, he got in touch and said, yeah, everything's good here. Hope you are too. Um, and then I think 10 months after that, there's a pattern forming here, uh, <laughs> which I clearly didn't see at the time. Um, yeah, about 10 months later, I got a message. Hey, I'm in the UK. Um, and I'm interviewing for a job up in Scotland. Are you around? And it, you know, it'd be, it'd be really nice to see you. I wasn't nearby. To clarify, I was down in Hastings, as in Battle of Hastings County Court uh, for the company I used to work for. Um, however, I said, yes, <laughs> I am available. What time were you looking to meet and what do you want to do? And he said, well, you know, how about seven o'clock and we'll, we'll go for dinner. So I was in county court in the morning, had my hearing and then drove all the way up to Manchester from Hastings to see this guy. I think I got there. I got there quite late actually because there was some really bad traffic and well, Hastings is a really long way away. And um, yeah, we went to Piccolino's for dinner and it was like no time had passed. In that time I had been to, I'd done a bit of traveling as well, uh, which I'll, you know, I will come on to in another episode podcast. Um, another episode podcast, another podcast episode, just another episode. I'll talk about traveling another time. And I, yeah, I'd been to Italy. I'd done a bit of a interrailing around Italy and I'd been to America. So I had my own stories to tell. And but yeah, the conversation flowed really easily and he would tell me all about New Zealand and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I headed off home back to Leeds and he stayed in Manchester and then had, I think, flew up to Edinburgh or somewhere else in Scotland. Uh, for this job interview and that was it I didn't hear from him again and then about another 10 months later he got in touch and said yeah I've uh, I've moved I got the job moved up to Scotland bought a suitably sensible car and I've settled in to where I'm working and I've met some people and yeah it's going well how's it going um and then I guess the pandemic hit, I think, in terms of timing. Um, so yeah, I was I was obviously working from home at the time and it was it was all kind of, you know, big adjustments and things like that. And uh, and then all of this this stuff started happening happening with Grandad. And yeah, this guy text again. I think it was the day granddad died so I was like oh, the timing of this guy and obviously he was absolutely not a priority uh, so I, I didn't reply for some time um but you know he was showing me pictures of his house that he'd bought and you know that kind of stuff so I, I think you know a few weeks later I replied and just said um yeah house looks lovely <laughs> congratulations hope all's well and just kind of left it at that not really wanting to engage in, in any kind of conversation with him. Um, and I had plenty of other things uh, on my mind um, and, and to worry about. So yeah, I then I then moved home uh, in the July. And 
yeah, I didn't hear from him again. Another 10 months passed, maybe even a year. Yeah, I think it was longer actually. And he got in touch and said, I'm, I'm in Yorkshire. And I, you know, we're, we're planning this walk at Addingham and just thought I'd drop you a line. I, I know it's been a while and, you know, see how you are and, and stuff like that. And I, I, I just, I just snapped. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, I went back in my usual blunt way and said, why are you getting in touch after all this time? Um, I've not been, I think he, he mentioned something sort of, you know, I can't imagine the Lake District is a particularly bad place to be locked down. And I just said, I, I haven't been living in the Lake District for over a year. I've had a lot going on. I've not had a particularly good year. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the lakes. And he just said, I'm really sorry. Um, I, I know I've been aloof. And I was like, well, aloof's a, an overly generous description of of what you're doing. Um, anyway, he just said, you know, I'm about, you know, this weekend, if you are, and I said, yeah, I am, I'm in Leeds and happy to swap war stories if you want. Anyway, we, we managed to sort of arrange a date after work, um, or, you know, even a date, just a walk after work. And we went back to where we had our third date and I did, you know, picnic again. And, and we caught up and I dropped him off at his friend's where he was staying and he kissed me in the car and he said it'd be really nice to see you again this week so I was like well I'll, I'll message you and we'll see I pulled out of the junction and I drove off and I just remember thinking oh no <laughs> I still like you and what then followed wasn't this, oh my goodness, I have to see him again this week. I absolutely have to see him again this week. It was a period of, I, yeah, a just massive realisation that he was getting in touch to see if I was still single, available, and that I was still, or that he was still on my mind, ultimately an ego boost. And I thought, I don't like it when he gets in touch. Um, because it does, it makes me think about him and the road not taken and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, I, I need to do something about this. Uh, so I put my big girl pants on and um, they're as massive as my sports bras. <laughs> you didn't need to know that. So I put my, I put my pants on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, I put clothes on, including pants, put my big girl pants on and went for lunch with him on the Friday afternoon. And <laughs> and the conversation weirdly flowed very nicely into sort of what I wanted to talk about. And I, I opened it as all of these serious conversations should be. I want to talk to you about something. And he was like, is it serious? I was just like, mm, well, that that's entirely up to you. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because I think I'd, I'd sort of jotted down a few notes and I, I, I was sort of contemplating if I didn't see him again, I would text him. Um, but I, yeah, I saw him and did it face to face. And uh, yeah, so this is what I said. I, um, I just said, you know, it's been really nice seeing you again. And, you know, without realising it, I've missed you. 
which he said was, you know, really nice to hear and that he felt the same, which I thought was a good start. Um, but I, I don't like being interrupted <laughs> in conversation. Um, I was like, I have a speech prepared. Shut up. Um, anyway, so that was that. And, uh, yeah, I just said, but I, I don't do very well when you get in touch out of the blue and, you know, when you get in touch once every 10 months, I know what you're doing you know, you're just checking in with me to see if I'm still single and thinking about you and that's not okay. And, you know, we have drifted in and out of each other's inboxes for the best part of three or four years, whatever it is. And due to timing, exams, jobs, and now a pandemic, oh, and geography, we've we've never been, we've never had the opportunity to explore if this could be something and I'm not making it up. There is something there. And if there's not, tell me because I don't want to waste my time. But equally, I don't like the feeling of unfinished business. And so I think we've got to a point where you need to make a choice. And you can either, you know, we close the door on this for good and that's it, end of. Or we we both put more effort in. I was just like, I'm working from home. You know, maybe that means I can come and work from yours. Or I'm willing to travel up and, and you know, spend a weekend with you. And, you know, when, once I move back, you can, you know, spend the weekend with me at the Lake District. These are both really nice places. I know we're far away, but there's, you know, if this is something that we want to explore, then there are ways of doing that. And you just need to decide if you want to. I know what I want. And that's that. And I said, you don't have to tell me that you like me. You you don't even have to tell me how you feel now or whatever. But you just need to make a choice and have a think about it and let me know. And I said, do not think that I do not know what you're going through in terms of your training, your studying, and your working. I am three years ahead of where you are now. I've done it. I know what it's like. I know how hard it is. I have pushed people away. I have said no to relationships, you know, whatever, because you can't take your eyes off the prize. And I totally get that if it's not the right time, then fine. But if, if, that's, if that's what it is, then, you know, you can't sort of yeah, keep getting in touch so sporadically. Um, anyway, so that was that. We had a nice afternoon together, even after that. And then, yeah, I took him took him back to his friends. He kissed me again. And I drove off. But this time when I pulled out of the junction, I honestly felt like I could conquer the world. It was what I'd said and what I'd done was probably the most empowering thing I think I've ever done. Um, even traveling on my own, um, it topped that. And I just completely taken control of my life. And I'd realized that if this guy wants to be a part of my life and make me laugh and go on adventures with me and spend time with me and enhance my, yeah, what I'm doing, fantastic. I can't wait, get on board, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But if he doesn't, 
And if this goes to nothing, so what? Like, I, I'm fine on my own and I will be absolutely fine without him. Um, you know, I might go and go away and lick my wounds and, you know, be a bit, be a bit blue about it. But after a shower and a run, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably be fine. So yeah, that's, that's what I did. And that is sort of where I am now. So there might be some potential with this guy. But we'll just have to wait and see uh, what will be, will be. So yeah, I guess that's sort of where I am in terms of dating and being single and, and stuff like that. But I, th- I think the other thing to mention is, um, beyond that, I'm not actively dating. I just, I don't, I can't be bothered. So it's not a case of it's this guy or no guy. It's just, if there's something going on here, or if there could be something going on here, then I'm, I'm happy to explore that. But beyond that, I've, I, I'm just not really interested in, in dating anybody else. Um, I'm not closing the door on it or anything like that because you, like I say, you never know what's around the corner, but yeah, not really actively dating either. So there we go. Maybe I was just being so traumatized by all of these other dates. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for, um, being in a relationship as well right now or or trying to date someone because obviously I'm living at home. And I think that would just make an adult relationship very difficult. And equally, I'm planning on moving back. So I think I'd I'd probably just, yeah, I think it would put unnecessary pressure on anybody because I would essentially have to say, oh, by the way, I'm moving back to the Lake District. And then that would probably sort of trigger someone saying, well, do I need to come with you? Or how is this going to work? Do I see you on a weekend Or, or whatever? So anyway, that's that's that. I think that all that's left to be said is, I guess, bringing it back around to why I'm doing this podcast, which is for three reasons. I set them out in the in the pilot episode. Uh, but the, the main two that I wanted to sort of flag were, you know, I'm single, I'm 32, and I'm really happy. And I hope you are too, in whatever situation that you are in. But if you happen to find yourself being late 20s, early 30s, even late 30s or beyond, and you've been looking around and going, oh my goodness, why is this not happening for me? It's happening for all my friends. It's just not. You are single because you are single. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. You don't have to do what all of your friends are doing. We are where we are. And I know that's not particularly comforting, but I hope you do find some comfort in knowing that I've been there as well. I'm still going through that now. And other people are as well. Or, you know, that's, I guess that's the point of this podcast. I hope that someone else is going out there and has has heard this going out there. Uh, I hope... (laughs) Hope someone's out there going, oh my goodness, I had the same crisis or I'm going through it now or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first point. The, the second is, it is all relative. What you are feeling and what you are experiencing, those are your feelings. 
and they are perfectly valid. It's completely okay to feel the way that you do. Worried, anxious, a bit jealous and envious, um, you know, nervous about what the future holds, but equally excited. You know, it's, it's absolutely fine to feel the way that you feel. It is all relative, but invariably there is always someone else out there who has had an even worse dating story or dating history. Or maybe they're just really miserable in a relationship now or they've just come out of a really miserable relationship under really awful circumstances. And, you know, I encourage you to go and find someone that might be going through this now, just ask, or just ask about someone else's dating life and and learn how they got through it and, and what they did and how they felt at certain times and and gain that perspective yourself. And obviously the, the third reason why I wanted to do the podcast was that there are really great podcasts out there. Um, go and listen to them. I feel like I shouldn't plug other people's podcast on my podcast. Um, but do you know what? I will. I will. Um, because I think some of the things that I'm talking about uh, crop up in, in other ones. And I found a fantastic one called uh, The Panic Years um, by Nell Frizzell. And I couldn't believe her podcast and her introduction to a podcast. So I, I had the interview, I had my interview for the job that I'm in at the moment, I think early 2019. And I remember having a really candid chat with my now boss and said, you know, at the end of the day, everyone around me is getting married, having babies, buying houses and getting engaged and all of these things. And I'm not doing any of those things. And I think 2019 kind of symbolised the end of of my panic years because I'd made that decision that it was, I was going to just enjoy my life and me and <laughs> opportunities. Anyway, I said that to my, my boss really candidly. Goodness knows what he thought. And I recently discovered um, the Panic Years podcast. And that's how, I couldn't believe it. I get goosebumps thinking about it. That's how she opened her podcast. And I was like, oh my goodness, I honestly thought that this was just me going through this. But we've now got it a cri- we, we've now got a name for this crisis, the Panic Years. And um, yeah, just, you know, obviously listen to this podcast, but, <laughs> but also go and listen to that one because there you go. Um, she, she was going through that and now she talks about people who also went through their panic years. Some people that she interviewed are still going through them, but it's really interesting. And she talks about how her panic years were, you know, largely triggered by, and she understands them now being heavily connected to her fertility. Um, I'm not sure that that's the same um, case for me, but I just found it interesting. You learn something and I, I, that's why I love podcasts. So there you go. That's the third reason because I wanted to get in on the action. So yeah, thank you so much for joining me again for this second episode. I will be back for episode number three. And I think we're going to be continuing this theme of dating and being single, and particularly during the pandemic. Uh, I'll be joined by a friend in a couple of weeks time. So I will speak to you then. Until then, take good care of yourselves and bye-bye for now.